Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Umberto Torrelli. I am the co-founder and chief strategy officer of Cerebullet Group. Um, we are a product and services business for the new marketing age defined by first-party data and post-cookie solutions. Essentially, uh, you could think of us as um, you know, an empowerment for businesses to deliver their marketing better, faster, and smarter through the application of smart technology. All right, with regards to a data strategy, what kind of conversations have you been having with marketers and brands and how has it changed in the past six to 12 months? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, you know, essentially at Super Bullets, we, we basically specialize with regards to supporting our clients with crafting, you know, data strategy, selection of the right technologies, implementation of those technologies, and then supporting kind of the ongoing services of those technologies. And so, essentially, we're at the forefront of that question. I um, mean, it comes up, you know, all the time, but I would say the last six to 12 months, um, COVID issues aside, the conversation has been squarely um, in around, you know, the evolution of technology and the shift from what were technologies that rely heavily on third-party cookies and other forms of ID that are just, you know, basically going, um, going away in the near future towards what types of technologies can I now use um, as a business, as, an, as in a brand um, that can basically, uh, you know, help you circumvent some of these issues that are, that are coming down the pipe. Um, and it, you know, there's an obvious reason for those, that line of questioning. It's all about the investments that were made in technologies years ago, um, big investments um, that are now, you know, have in some cases they've, they've kind of returned ROI and that's great. In lots of cases they haven't. Um, and so again, the question is, well, where do, I, where do I spend my money next? And obviously money being um, and investments generally being, uh, you know, something that I think businesses today with the current pressures um, are very keen to kind of be smart in the way they and what they're spending in essence. Um, I think it's paramount for, for those businesses to really try to understand, you know, again, where, where, where should they invest their technology budgets um, and where should they invest their, their, you know, their marketing budgets. And then how does it all translate into a data strategy that is cohesive? What should brands start thinking about when they, they, they need to put first party data front and center and, and wean themselves off of, of third party data? So, you know, I think there are varied solutions in market today that actually help mitigate that problem um, in, in, in different ways. Um, personally, I think that third-party data outside of the U.S. Um, was never very effective. Um, it was, there was always a volume problem. Um, there was always a, you know, a quality problem. Um, it worked in finite use cases, but generally speaking, third-party data was never something that a brand, especially in Europe, needed to rely on solely. Having said that, um, like I said, I think today there are technologies out there that really can help brands, you know, regardless of the industry or vertical that they're in, create and generate more first party data. And that first party data then, you know, can come from different areas and I'm sure we'll get into it later, but that first party data then, um, you know, effectively can be used in ways that, you know, you really couldn't be, I guess, um, weren't really applicable certain, several years ago or really weren't perhaps second, secondary thoughts because there was such a heavy reliance on third party data. So there's lots of really smart ways that you can leverage first-party data into, um, into, for example, in programmatic using uh, using contextual translation to be able to enable basically to inform rather programmatic first-party campaigns with first-party data, um, but in an environment that is cookie-less and compliant and so on and so forth. Likewise, there are there are platforms out there that we partner with um, that help generate you know really critical volumes and quality of first-party data for our clients through various mechanisms, um, through experiences, through um, through events, through you know various types of sponsorships, um, but then likewise through social login platforms um, and basically the the, you know, the 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 consent driven first party data that can be gathered from social platforms and, and through those devices. So 
there are a number of different ways that we support our clients today um, in terms of helping mitigate that. And I think, you know, my last thought on this is that in some ways, um, where we're going today with, in a world that is not going to be so reliant on third-party cookies is a world where actually some of the, some of the data points we can, we can kind of rely on are, are far better and far more qualified than third-party data ever was. Uh, and, I, and I'm talking about, you know, things like, you know, like context um, or other proxies for what someone might be interested in or perhaps intent on buying. Um, those types of mechanisms are far more deterministic than third-party data ever could be. Because uh, if you're reading an article, you know, about a car and it's a review, chances are you like that car. And chances are in that moment, you're the person that's actually reading that article, as opposed to like a third-party cookie or, you know, a third-party um, data set based off a third-party cookie off someone's laptop that read an article three weeks ago and then the wife comes on, she gets retarded with the car ad. That, 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 that never really worked well, right? So I think that, that's where we're going. Um, and those are some of the mechanisms that are in place today um, to help kind of mitigate that, those issues. A lot of brands talk about... Uh, having a, a customer-centric strategy or developing a customer-centric strategy. And we had a speaker during our Signals event, Shar Van Boskirk, an analyst from Forrester, who writes and often presents about brands becoming customer-obsessed, which is truly about putting the customer at the center of everything a brand does. So tell me a little bit about what role you think data plays in, in helping a brand build out a customer-obsessed strategy. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I think data is the fundamental building block there, right? I mean, you can't be customer centric or customer obsessed if you don't know anything about your customer. Um, and, you know, and in, our, in our world, obviously in our industry, knowing your customer is built on, on data and first part data specifically. So in order, you know, the reality is in order to be a customer centric um, business, you have to have information on your customer that is, you know, obviously compliant and consent driven, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately you need to be able to build an accurate picture and profile of your customer wants, desires, needs, et cetera, um, in order to talk to them in the right way. Because ultimately the way you then transform or translate that customer centric, you know, uh, kind of view or mission um, into, you know, actionable, tangible results is by speaking and communicating to your customer at the right time in the right place with the right message um, based on what, you know, what's important to them. Um, and I think that's what, as an industry, we've just not been really good at. I mean, there are obviously outliers. There are brands that have done a great job. There are campaigns that have been, you know, spot, you know that have been under the spotlight and highlighted and won awards and so on and so forth. But as a whole, I would say our industry hasn't really done a great job of, um, of really communicating at the right time, right place, um, the right message to, to customers. So I think, again, going back to, to your question, then in order to be a customer-centric uh, business, you need to have the right amount of information, first party data on your customer. Otherwise, it's a bit of a moot point. Marketers still struggle with segmentation, personalization, and analytics. And these are capabilities and requirements that have been around for, for quite some time. Why do they still struggle with these things? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, on one hand, I think that it's, it's not fair to marketers in the sense that they are hit with you know, dozens and dozens of new technologies you know, on a monthly, yearly basis. And there's new stuff on the block every single time anyone opens their inbox. And so, you know, that begs the question of, well, how do I know what's actually important to me as a brand? Like, what's actually going to work? What's not? Like, why should I trust this vendor over the other vendor? Um, there's no, you know, there's no, of course, there's been um, kind of consolidation into various marketing cloud stacks and so on and so forth. But the reality is there's still so many products out there. The Lumascape is, is not getting any simpler. <laughs> Um, if anything, every time we look at the Lumascape, it's, it's even worse. 
So from a, from a brand perspective, then, you know, it's just, it's really com confusing. That's what it is. It's just a confusing, complex, um, almost catastrophic scenario when trying to pick the right technology. And so, you know, inherently that you need to rely on things like, you know, analytics and understand, well, it's just, it's beyond just a CTR, right? As a, as a, as a metric, when you're looking at your campaign, you need to start looking at engagement metrics and time spent on site and was the ad in view and, you know, all the things that actually sort of matter um, from a marketeer perspective, but then what you use to actually measure that. Uh, you know, there, again, there's just so much choice. So I think it's, it's a difficult one to tackle because ultimately you know what you need at a high level, but you just don't know what to use because there's just so much choice. And so it's up to us really. Um, and that's to be completely honest. Um, that's kind of the premise behind why Silver Bullet was created to begin with, specifically with regards to data technology and data platforms. We felt that there was a, a moment in time four years ago, four and a half years ago now, I guess, um, where we have the ability to come in and help educate the industry around these specific technologies and help them make the right decisions around what to choose and what not to choose based on their very specific use cases. And there's no one, you know, one right answer. It's obviously comes down to, you know, their industry, geo market technologies in place, use cases, company mission, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then from there you can build, you know, the picture of what is the right technology to adopt. But you know, that's the bottom line. I think it's a really confusing landscape. It's not getting any, any clearer. Um, and it just, it just takes us um, to help educate brands, marketers, publishers alike as to what's going to, you know, what's going to work best for them. Skills and team structure is such a hot topic. So many marketers that I talk to, you know, they, they love what, what we have to say, or they love what the combination of cheetah and silver bullet has to say, but they have no idea how to get there. They don't know if they have the right people. They don't know if they have the right teams or team structure in place. And that that's as hot of a topic, in my opinion, as, as technology is. So I think one of the things that we definitely um, saw in market, and again, one of the, the original premises behind Silver Bullet was really exactly that. It was the, the scarcity of, of, of talent in businesses and in marketing businesses to take advantage of the technology. And that was always, you know, a stumbling block, even when I was at Blue Kai, right, pre-Oracle. Um, one of the things that, that we saw often is if a company didn't align behind the, the actual investment into that technology um, and therefore allocate resources that actually could take advantage of the technology, then the technology was, was you know, doomed, doomed from the start. Um, if you don't have the right team, skill set, structure in place, and buy-in, really, from the teams that are ultimately going to use the platforms, it's never going to work. Um, and I think that is one of the things that you're absolutely right. It, it, the technology itself is super important, but then the actual teams that use the technology, the skills that are required to use it, the buy-in um, is just as fundamental because without that, you can have the best tech in the world and the best strategy in place and the best, you know, the best advice in place. But if, if the team hasn't bought into it and they're not, they don't have the right skill set, they're having upskilled, um, or again, they're just, they're just not um, willing to, to try it and, and use it and, and understand it and adopt it. It's just not going to work. And then, and then, you know, un, I guess the unfair thing is that the technology gets blamed when it's actually not necessarily the tech's fault. So, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to stress that point because it is a very, very valid and, and true point. I asked that question around segmentation and personalization and analytics. Why is that so hard? I mean, I asked that because, I mean, those, those topics have been around for a, a while and those needs have been around for a while. And I've been in the industry a while and it's interesting. When I started, I, I worked with a small tech company that had... Uh, a marketing database at the heart of its offering. And at that time, there was no notion of first, second, third party data. It was just a marketing database where in it, you had data about your customers. And then as this digital world evolved, 
that's where marketers couldn't keep up, right? There's, there's data in CDPs. So where do you do your segmentation in the marketing database or the CDP or both? And how do you share and new channels come online all the time. So it just, it, it disrupts what the, what the marketer is trying to do and their, their best intentions. So yeah. Anyways, I appreciate your perspective on that. Picking up on something you said around MarTech stacks and their size and complexity, which is something we've been discussing uh, quite a bit in the last uh, five, 10 minutes. With the CBG, CBG brands we work with, when I get a look behind the scenes and look at all the different things plugging into places, it, it is it's quite a mess. So from, from Silver Bullet, how, would, how do you approach um, sorting out the, the MarTech stack? It, it's a very complex um, topic, obviously. And again, I, I hate to say this, it sounds like I'm, I'm just kind of putting this off, but it is not, there is not one size fits all answer here because it really depends on the, the business itself, uh, the shape in which it's in and its belief in what, in, you know, what it's investing in really. There's some of our, some of our clients are squarely in the, um, you know, of the, in the mindset of, we need to invest in technologies to be ahead of the curve, um, and just and, and that's what we need to be. We need to educate ourselves on what the latest technology is. How do we, you know, how do we actually uh, generate more first-party data? How do we take advantage of it? What are the best ways to do that? What other plugins, technologies, platforms can I look at, et cetera? And that's one, you know, that's one whole set of, you know, things to tackle. <laughs> but then there are other brands that are actually, you know, almost hiding from all this um, and, you know, relying on older tech and platforms that they might've been licensing for the past, you know, 10 years, five years, whatever it is. And so, and, you know, and, and that gets further complicated um, when you look at some of the brands that we work with that are global businesses um, that have, you know, um, you know, therefore global mandates and global, global teams that suggest technologies down to local markets, um, for example, or local subsidiaries. And then kind of those local subsidiaries will, will kind of adopt and license those technologies. And then you end up with three platforms that do the same thing. Um, and that, you know, that happens, that happens across, that's actually happened. We've seen this across multiple lines. Um, and so in that case, well, it's two different things to sort out, right? On one hand, you're sorting out, well, okay, calm down before you go and spend all this money on all these different platforms, let's prioritize it based on what you actually want to achieve. What makes sense for your industry, obviously hot topic. We all know CPG, I wouldn't say it's first party data poor necessarily, but certainly doesn't have quite as much first party data as an e-commerce business might or other types of verticals or types of businesses. Um, but before you just go spend all this money, why don't we just figure out what actually makes sense, make sure it architects nicely into your existing solution and stack. And what we were going back to what we were saying earlier, it, that it fits in within your teams and your team skill set. Because if you bring in a technology that is like way above their heads, you're just you're losing that investment, or it's gonna take a long time to recoup it. Um, so that's one, you know, that's one way to tackle it. The other one, going back to the, the brands that have, you know, 45 platforms that have been, you know, legacy platforms or, you know, we, we worked with a client that, uh, will remain unnamed, but had, I think over 200 tags firing on their property of which I think 80% of them, they weren't working with anymore, but they just never bothered to remove those tags because just legacy acquisitions, mergers, you know, craziness. And so, you know, that causes a whole set of issues on the latency side on the consumer experience, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is that you start there, right? You're like, well, let's look at everything you have. Let's actually map that again, back to use cases. It always comes down to use cases, right? That's ultimately what you're trying to achieve is you're trying to convert a use case into actionable, tangible ROI of sort, right? So look at those use cases, map them against the platforms, understand, well, which of these platforms are actually supporting the use cases that you have in mind um, and the business objectives you have versus what are the ones that are just useless or redundant, right? 
um, or that are just, you know, they're just, again, uh, kind of duplicating efforts. And then we help kind of build a picture of, you know, a suggestion really of what that roadmap looks like to get to a place where you can actually get above air and breathe. That's a really good way to understand how you can actually tackle, start off tackling, yeah, what is a big challenge. Um, and that legacy piece as well, I mean, the saying that we've, we've seen quite a bit, isn't it, Bruce? Just sort of, I guess, keeping the spring clean after different teams or different uh, uh, departments have done different things over many years. Um, people don't stop to think about, well, actually, we should probably just uh, yeah, clean out and start again of, of, of what we're trying to do. There's a, so much legacy stuff. Yeah, or, or we talked about earlier um, in what Umberto mentioned or silos where you have different teams and different silos within an organization who have their own tech stack where you have bits and pieces of customer information spread out across those different silos. So how can a brand or a CPG brand get that holistic view of, of who somebody is if th their data is all over the place? How can CPG brands start to establish deeper relationships with the people who are buying their, their products? And obviously, with in mind that many CPG brands are in a, a strange position that they're people buying their multiple products on a regular basis. Again, I think, I think the answer varies greatly depending on the market that you work in, because depending on the market you work in, there are different legislations, for example, in place. Um, perhaps preclude you from being able, as a brand, from being able to understand and have a direct touch point with a customer. I think about uh, liquor brands in the US, you can't sell directly to consumer, you have to go to the distributor, right? So right there, you, you introduce an extra link um, in the process, which makes it even more complicated to gather the data. On the other hand, in some, in some countries like the UK, um, some liquor brands, for example, um, can sell direct to consumer through pubs that they own, right? So there's a, there's a different, um, it, it does depend on the market. I think ultimately though, uh, you know, you have to set out to create a strategy that works for you in that market. And it allows you to understand as much as you can from your consumer where you have access to the consumer directly. So again, we're going back to the idea of generating experiences, contests, touch points, whatever it is that can engage the customer and, and, and give, you know, prompt them to want to give up some information about themselves. Um, and again, that can be done either directly via, you know, as we said earlier, forms or questions or what have you. But by the same token, you know, I think I alluded to this earlier, but there are technologies out there that also allow you to, via consent-driven mechanisms, um, login login via social login, and, and therefore basically giving your consent to um, provide the first-party data of your interests and what you like and so on and so forth to the brand, uh, you know, in return for something, whether that's a sweepstake, whether it's a prize, whether that's an entry into something, a raffle, whether it's just, you know, a personalized experience, whatever it is. But those are some of the ways that we support our brands with regards to engaging and creating a, a strategy that can drive first party data. Um, and then, you know, and then there's always the good old, um, you know, the good old methodology of, of actually trying to understand your consumer by creating a, a, an advertising strategy that is very specific, that talks to the types of, you know, context environments um, and interests that your, you know, your consumers may have. And based on the, on the conversions you have there, you can also start to learn a little bit more about your customer and then segment, ultimately segment their journey and orchestrate their journey to use that word um, in a way that um, makes sense to them, talks to them. The more, you know, again, going back to what we said at the top of the hour, the more you provide the correct message at the right time, right place for a customer, the more likely they're going to be satisfied with your brand and therefore more willing to, you know, to provide information about themselves because, you know, I'm sure none of us here want to see the old punch the monkey ads, right? generic you know from back in the 90s or whatever 
early, I mean, not 90s, late 90s, or 2000s, like, you know, banners about punch the monkey and mortgage people dancing and so on. No one wants to see that, right? Um, and yet, you know, I find myself, despite, I have no ad blockers, you know, I'm, I, I, you can target me with all you want. I still see a bunch of ads when I, when I browse the web that are irrelevant, irrelevant to me. And, you know, I just, that erodes my trust as a consumer. So it all comes down to gaining trust, being customer centric, having the right technology to orchestrate that journey and therefore, you know, make me as a consumer more willing to give up my data and, um, you know, and return for, for more customized journey, customized journey. So consumers can, they can engage with a brand, a CPG brand really whenever and however they want, whether it's walking into a store or on their mobile device or their, their laptop, just a multitude of ways to engage. How can a brand think about providing not just personalized experiences, but consistent experiences, which, which we all know is important as it helps build trust, provides a nice cohesive experience from one moment to the next. So, so what are a couple of things brands can think about to uh, provide consistent experiences in this omni-channel world that we live in? Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately you need the right technology to actually be able to enact on that strategy, right? Um, without the right tools and platforms in place, you just physically can't, can't do that. Um, but it all starts though with a smart, you know, modern segmentation strategy because ultimately that's what we're doing, right? We're, you're segmenting your customers by, by various types of customers. And, you know, it goes way beyond the, the you know, the, the old view of maybe there's five types of customers. There's not, there's like a million types of customers. <laughs> we all have very different ways of, of, of engaging with brands and our devices and different situations at home and at work and so on and so forth. So you can't just bucket people into five buckets and, and hope that it's gonna work, right? You have to literally personalize everything on a one-to-one -one basis as much as that's possible by technology. But in order to do that, again, it starts with segmenting those customers by uh, those, those categories or by those types of communications um, and then trying as best as you can to, 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 and again, to orchestrate that journey based on what you know of your customer in terms of what is the typical, um, you know, the typical cycle that, that a customer goes through um, when, they, when they buy your product. And that's, that's going to vary probably by customer individually and by product within your own portfolio. <laughs> so it's really complicated. Um, and I, again, I don't think that today's technology, there's not one thing that can do it all for sure, but you have to start somewhere. And there is enough technology out there today whereby with the right strategy, the right segmentation strategy and the right communications, because again, let's not forget that you can have an amazing segmentation strategy. You can understand, you know, you know, Joe from, from, from John at the end of the street and the fact that Joe buys Dove and John buys, you know, whatever other brand of soap, but then if you give them the same creative, you've lost that, you've completely ruined that opportunity, right? So it's, you have to have the right creative, the right strategy, the right context, the right platforms and the right segmentation in order to think, think about how are you going to approach that very issue? Um, you know, maybe one day we'll have a platform that does it all, but uh, I think it's just gonna get more and more complicated. Um, so hopefully, you know, you know, we're here as technology platforms and as service providers and as, as educators of, of this industry to help kind of guide as best as we can through through kind of the, the mess that is uh, the ad martech world and Lumascape.